0: And the ones that were doing okay before now are doing brilliantly. Visit CTC Math today and start your free trial. That's ctcmath.com.
1: So this weekend I get the opportunity to talk to about a hundred preschool teachers here in the Atlanta area and the topic they asked me to talk about was the top 10 things your preschooler wants you to know and I think that's such a fun topic that I thought you know what we're going to podcast about it these are things that you know I know as a child development specialist and assume that most other people know they're basic things they're not like oh aha things but when you hear them you might be going oh that makes so much sense why didn't I think about that So, we're going to go over that today in today's podcast. So, the top 10 things your preschooler wants you to know. Ready? Let's get started. Number 10, just because I use potty talk does not mean I have to go to the potty. So, when a kid gets to be about three, usually around four, the potty talk is insane. They go around talking about poopy and farts and gas and calling their siblings poopy head and all these things and... I don't know if you're like me, but that can drive me crazy when I hear them doing that. So the easiest way to deal with potty talk, it's, I mean, it's so simple, you guys, is lighthearted. I say this all the time, just lighthearted parenting. We get so amped up about everything, and there's really no need to get amped up about poopy Talk and potty talk. The reason kids do it is to get your attention, it's to get you amped up. These little guys figure us out so quickly, and they see they push our button by using those words, and we freak out. And so they laugh and they do it some more. Basic. Easiest way to get rid of potty talk is just to call it what it is. When somebody says poopy head, say something simple like, What? I don't have poopy on my head. Are you kidding me? I went to poop in the potty. It's all gone. There's no poop here. What about on your head? That will just deflect the situation, diffuse it. They will begin to laugh, and it kind of stops it. It's amazing. Any kind of talk that you, you know, really don't like, you can lecture on to death, but the best way is to be lighthearted and just to call it what it is. Again, nope, nope, we'll be here. Don't know about you. End of discussion. So just because a kid is using potty talk, number one, completely developmentally appropriate, and number two, it does not mean that they have to go to the potty, or they're trying to be disrespectful. Lighthearted on that one. So, I hope you heard my dogs barking in the background. They love living out here in the country, by the way. And so, they're obsessed with a donkey. Have I told y'all that that my dogs are obsessed with a donkey that lives next door? They are totally obsessed. And so, anytime they see the donkey, they start tapping crazy at the door to go out to, to call it. It's pretty hilarious. Anyway, moving on. Number nine. This is a big one. I get asked this question all the time. When we go to conferences, um, just because I can hold a pencil and I can spell my name, even recite the alphabet and do the alphabet song, does not mean that I am ready to read and write. You guys, this is huge. So many parents today expect their kids to read and write at their age three and four. I'll take a sip of coffee. Hold on. But realistically, most kids are not ready with ease to read and write until about five, six, seven, sometimes 8. It seems crazy because in our society in kindergarten, by mid-year, if they're not reading, they're put into a special reading program when so many times their brain really isn't ready. The part of the brain that must fuse together for them to accept reading with ease doesn't occur until some times between 5 and 8. Often it's closer to 7 and 8, especially for our boys. Just um, recently I was talking to my little brother, He's got twin boys that are five, and he said that one of them keeps getting in trouble at school because while the teacher's going over sight words, he wants to roll around on the floor. And I busted out laughing because I know this is completely appropriate. Five-year-old boys, that's what they're meant to do. They're meant to roll and tumble and run and jump. And sitting still is often a challenge because they are still developing that gross motor, that big, those big muscle parts. So they need to move. And so I wanted to say, oh, please tell that young teacher, well, have him move and jump while he's doing the sight words. Roll, do a sight word, roll. And be so much more effective while his body's moving, his brain is engaged. goes back to all that we talk about sensory and the need for it. So just because a kid can spell their name, don't start assuming that means they're ready to read. Take it easy. Read often. Um, have them read predictable books to you You will see signs. They will start saying, hey mom, how do I spell this? Hey, how do I write this? Hey, what does this say? They will quiz you. They will almost demand that you teach them how to read. So really just watch for their signs. Watch and make sure they're interested. If you decide to do something like a phonics program and you're like dragging them to the sofa, they're kicking and screaming, they want to build a puzzle instead, they want to color instead, it probably is a good sign they're not ready. So if all, um, you know, if you're not sure nothing else, read aloud, read aloud, read aloud. Just read, read, read often to them. That is the best way to get your child ready to read. Build a vocabulary, talk about everything, and you will have a great reader. Okay, moving on. So, this is interesting because outside time, so valuable, and I think often now our kids are not playing outside like, I always say, like I did when I was a young girl. You know, we were outside all the time. Our parents would kick us outside. Early in the morning, and then if we tried to come in before dinner, we were like, you know, pretty much threatened with our lives. So, kids need to be outside, number eight. But not only do they need to be outside, some children need a variety. So, don't assume that if you take your kids to the park, they're going to all run and jump on the play equipment at the park. Sometimes kids need to go to the park just to sit and read a book. Sometimes they need to go to the park to draw they or need to get outside to do different things. They want to take their blocks outside to build to see how they build differently on the ground than they do inside. Remember that outside is variety time and outside is just a way to experience the earth and the nature But it might be differently than we anticipate. Again, doesn't mean the radio run. For example, if somebody says to you every time you go outside to enjoy the fresh air, you need to play a tennis match or you need to run five miles, would you want to do that? Sometimes you just want to go sit on your swing and you just want to read a book, but you want to do it outside. So give children that same opportunity when going outside. Sometimes it's a hike. Sometimes it's an exploration. Sometimes it's just to sit and be quiet. Sometimes it's to have lunch, but try and vary your outside time, especially if you have a kid who doesn't seem to enjoy outside. Maybe it's just they don't enjoy what you're doing with them outside. They need a different type of activity. So offer them a variety when you do that. The next thing is, man, this is a big one too. There's more to forgiveness than I'm sorry. So many times I am around parents with young children and their child will hit someone or their child will be disrespectful and the parent will be like, say you're sorry. Say you're sorry right now. Let me hear you say you're sorry. Did you say you're sorry? And the kids quickly learn, sorry, sorry. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever seen, been with someone, a kid or adult that says sorry and you know, "Mm, they didn't mean sorry. They really meant, ha, I gotcha or whatever. Kids will do that kids will say i'm sorry but they really don't mean i'm sorry they just mean i gotcha so if you really want to teach empathy which is what we're trying to do right when we want to when we teach a child to say i'm sorry or apologize we're trying to teach empathy so if you want to really teach empathy you've got to do that from the gut you've got to get them to understand their actions impact someone else and the best way to do that is to acknowledge it for example Say one of your children punches his brother. The best way instead of saying, I'm sorry, would be to be, wow, look, you really upset him. When you chose to use your fist to punch him, look how sad your brother is. And then put it back on them. What do you think we could do to make it better? What do you think we should do to make it better? And he might go punch him again. Then you ask the other child, would that make you feel better? Of course, they're shaking their head no through tears. And nope, that's not it. What else could you do? I could, you know, say I'm sorry. Would that make it better? And the other sibling might say yes or no. And then you continue until there is something that works. So it might be offer a hug. Yes, that would make me feel better. See, when you choose those kind of behaviors, you made your sibling feel better. And you do this little exercise. It might seem like a lot. And initially it is, to be honest. But eventually it will connect with your child. My behavior has consequences. My behavior has consequences for good or bad. For example, if you're wanting to teach a child to share, which is not really developmentally appropriate in the toddler years, but around three and four, they do get the concept of sharing. If you want to teach that, you do the same thing. Wow, look how sad they were when you took that away from them or you didn't share it. Or look how happy they were that you chose to share it. Sharing is powerful. Um, Helping children learn that it, is positive, is great. Helping them learn that when they hit or yell or all those things hurts another person is powerful as well. So you want to teach them their actions has have consequences. That's so much more powerful than just teaching them to do a blanket, I'm sorry. And I see that all the time with, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We want them to identify how do I feel and how to express that. It's one of the biggest gifts we can give our kids to express their feelings. And I think that's getting harder and harder With technology to teach children to do that. All right, number six. Well, have you ever heard your kid go, well, I don't like her. She's not my friend anymore. I'm not inviting her to my birthday party. When yesterday they were her best friend, I mean, it's amazing how they can turn on a dime, right, on their best friends. So I don't like them. They're not coming to my birthday party. But this is totally normal, you guys. This is totally developmentally appropriate. Kids are trying to figure out. They're trying to figure out their friend group. They're trying to figure out just who they are. And so they will identify quickly. This person's in my camp, or this person is not in my camp. And so they will... They will be harsh, you know, back. And the best way they can think of are things like, you're not coming to my birthday party. So what we want to do is we want to continue, just like I said, with I'm sorry. We want to help children identify what is it they're really feeling. What They're sad because she did that. He did that. They're mad because. So, and then we want to give them permission to Feel. And then help them overcome that feeling. Maybe you write a book about it. Maybe you teach them some deep belly breaths. Maybe if they're feeling angry, you do what I've suggested and rip the magazines. And, and again, most of the time when we do these extra things, we, we identify the feeling. Oh my gosh, look at your, you're so angry. Mommy understands when you're so angry. Here's your magazines. Rip them, rip them, rip them. And then the anger turns to laughter. But have you ever been like that? Have you ever been so mad at somebody And then that person will make it lighthearted and you realize, oh my gosh, this is so stupid. Why am I even mad? And you start laughing and it diffuses the situation. And within five minutes, you don't even remember what you were mad about. That's healthy. And we want kids to identify that not everything has to be this huge ordeal that we go from they're our best friend to they're our enemy. There really is a, wow, that hurt, but we can move on. Or, wow, I'm I'm mad but do I need to be mad? How do I, if I am mad, do I need to talk to them? So all of that starts young. These good communication skills start at a young age with our kids, and we've got to help walk them through it. And often it's good reminders to us of what we need to do in our own lives. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the other things your preschooler wants you to know. Be right back. Affirm Films and Sony Pictures Animation present The Star, the fully animated story of the first Christmas told through a whole new set of eyes. Bo the donkey and his stable of animal friends follow The Star to become some unlikely heroes. That light, that's The Star. This is where it's been leading me. What's his name? His name
0: is Jesus. The Star,
1: now playing. Rated PG, parental guidance suggested. More information is available at thestarmovie.com. All right, let's move on with this topic, what your preschoolers wish you should know. Number five of our top 10 list is, preschoolers want you to know that it is the process, not the product when they are making an art activity or craft or anything. I say this all the time in my talks, if you hear me, that we need to focus on the process of the activity, not the end result. And often I will see parents and teachers alike, they will take a child's hand and physically help them Put an eye where they believe an eye should go or a mouth or, you know, tell them to draw a tree this way or draw the tree that color. And you guys, I can't say this enough. If we want children who think, if we want children who know how to figure out things for themselves, we must give them the opportunity to do that. You must help them allow um, time, give them time to just think about what they want to do and then let them do it. It really is the process of making whatever it is, the picture they're drawing, the You know, the face they're making, if they think the face goes where a nose goes, that is fine at this stage. They are trying to sort that out in their brain. They are trying to um, work that out. So we want to give them the opportunity to do it. That's going to help them be better thinkers. So do not focus, oh my gosh, my kid's picture (laughs) looks terrible. That doesn't even look like a tree anyway when they come to you and tell you about their tree. You honor what they've done. You honor the process and you ask things like, wow, tell me about that. Why did you use that color? What made you draw it that way? Tell me about the face. Oh, who is this? You want to ask open-ended good questions and you will figure out what they're thinking, what's behind their process. That's all that matters at this point, this stage of the game. It is process-oriented art, process-oriented activities. It really is just that doing it, that's what's building the brain at this stage. So don't focus on... Did they get it right? Does it look like the way that I think? You display that artwork proudly and know that they are turning into amazing artists because you've given them the flexibility to do that. That's how all great artists are made. They do what's inside their brain and they get it out. And so we've got to give them the opportunity to do that. So it is the process and not the product. Number four, please listen. We have something to say. This is huge. So often... Children are shushed. Children are told in a minute. Children are pushed aside. So I want you just to stop that. I want you to take a minute and you listen. And often they will tell the same story over and over, but I want you to listen. I want you to encourage them to talk. Encourage them to tell a story. This is a great time to say, hey, let me write that down. You have a story. Should this be a story? Do you want me to put this in your journal? Do you want to draw about this? You want to encourage that expression of self. If we do that as a young child, if we listen to them, then they will come to us. I think we talked about this a few weeks ago with Christy. It's in these small moments. That's when we grab their heart. That's when we grab their trust. If we listen to them when they're young and when they have these minor things, when they've got the major things, they're going to come right back to you. But if you establish a pattern of minute, minute, not right now, don't have time for that, forget it. They will go find someone who has time. And it might not be the person you want them talking to. So super important that we do that. Um, number three, we need to experience to explore a topic. I always talk about this. Kids need discovery, experience, and they need to have a sense of wonder. You've got to give them permission to experience it for themselves. For example, trying to teach a color, don't just say, hey, blue and yellow make green. Do something fun with them to help them experience how to make a color. The thing we've talked about, tongue painting or color mixing kit or shaving cream with some food coloring or liquid watercolors or, slime or any of those things but they need to experience touch it to whatever it is they're never going to get the concept really of like beach until they've touched the beach of snow till they touch the snow they've got to experience it to understand it to explore topics So give them permission to do that give them permission to be dirty and messy and noisy it really is their right being a kid is dirty messy noisy work so give them that opportunity Do y'all hear that beeping? Is it driving you crazy like it is me? It's a beeping in my office and I can't stop it. So if this is annoying you, I'm so sorry. Know that it's annoying me too. We're almost done with this one. We'll try and make it through without any more beeping. Number two. Hey, honor that we're all different. I think this is huge as parents. We often think our kids are going to be just like us. And we learn quickly, I think, that they are so unique and different. And we might parent them all the same way. But they all are different. I mean, it can be simple things like... And they're night people and we're morning people. They love to be outside. We hate to be outside. They love to get messy. We don't like to get messy. They are quiet. We are noisy. They are noisy. We are quiet. All these things, honor who they are. Honor who they are. And really remember, your goal as parent is to help them become who they were already meant to be. And honestly, it had nothing to do with you. Okay, that was decided. That was decided. So, try and honor that they're all unique and different and parent them accordingly. Help them pursue what they love. Help them, you know, enjoy what they love. And maybe you'll learn to love it too. Maybe you'll find some things that you enjoy. And then lastly, number one, your preschooler wants you to know great memories will be made. If you follow all these things, you are going to create a most beautiful childhood for your for your children, they will look back on this time with you and say, man, our mom, she let us get angry. Our mom gave us permission to be sad. Our mom, she let us paint wherever. Our mom let us mix. The other day, Sarah said the greatest thing. She said, mom, I'm watching a YouTube YouTuber And the dad got out some sand or some rice or something for their kids to play with. And I thought about you, Mom. I thought about how you always let us, you know, play with stuff and get messy. And to me, that was one of the best compliments. that She could remember back on her younger years with joy and delight as she saw joy and delight in another child. It reminded her of her own because we did that as well. So memories will be made, you guys. It is worth it. It is hard. It is exhausting. But it is worth it. And they grow up. And they will, in turn, parent this way as well. So I hope y'all have a great week. Put some of this into practice. Shoot me an email. Post on Facebook, on Instagram. I want to hear what you're doing. Send me a picture. It thrills my soul. Last week we had a sweet family from Greenville, South Carolina come and visit And then in the mail, I got a picture that he had made, a little thank you card for our time together. I loved that. I love seeing and hearing your stories. So send them out. Thanks so much for listening to The Real Kathy Lee. Thank you to the Ultimate Homeschooling Radio Network for sponsoring this podcast. Let them know what you think. Get out there. Mamas, you got this. Take care